You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Morning, Chicago. You are listening to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'm Dawn Fitzpatrick, your host, and along with me this morning is Ray Pingway. Good morning, everyone. Ray just ran across the city as fast as he could so that Ooh. we could join you. So, and we gave you an opportunity to listen to that awesome song. I just love that song. It is. It's a beautiful song. It, again, it's, it's a reminder yes. of... Uh, who we are and what we're called for. So Ray's a little out of breath. It's a little <laughs> out of breath. That's okay. <sighs> okay, I'm here. I'm here. Yes, 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 yes. Well, you know, it was refreshing this morning. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful day. It is a beautiful day. It's The, the sun was shining. I needed my sunglasses, but I also needed the heater in the car. <laughs> yeah, I saw. In August. How crazy is that? I saw the first digit of the temperature being five, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I got to wear a jacket or a sweater? Then I, I was ready to run out the door, and my husband goes, you better put a jacket on. <laughs> I was like, it's August. It's uh, Yeah, it is August. 
<laughs> but that's, you know, that's the wonder of our glorious God. We never know the treats he's going to give us. I thought a crisp morning was just delightful this morning. It was. It was a treat for me. And like you said, the sun was shining. Can't complain. No. Counting, counting our blessings, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it is so fun to be here with you, Ray, this morning, because I think this is the third time I've seen you since March. Yes. It's been a whirlwind, huh? Yes. Yes. But it's it's nice to be in the city. It's nice to be um, in our Quigley building. It's mm-hmm. nice to see Mike May, who's engineering our program this morning. And uh, Thanks, Mike. Yes. Yes. What a, what a delight. So uh, this is like one of my most favorite things to do is to bring the radio to the people of Chicago that we get to do once in a while. Yeah, there's, so, there's extra great. things that, that I had to go through with uh, with Quigley, which is great. Uh, but yeah, you, you you mentioned it. Hey, just a heads up. It's like Fort Knox over here. It is. So, but yeah, uh, completely different. This is my first time being in Quigley for a while, I, I guess yeah. since March. At least March. At I least mean, March, yeah. You know, because we, we don't work in this building normally. No. We work on the Meyer Center, which is, you know, about seven miles from here mm-hmm. south. Um but and and we were there last week to yes, to do we a mailing, and we'll be talking about what that mailing was about mm-hmm. a little bit later in the program. But um, but hey, let's talk about what we're going to talk about now. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Uh, uh, before that, though, I just wanted to uh, I just want to acknowledge this that really nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed except for God's love, right? We this can't is true. we can't predict tomorrow. We can't predict next week. We can't predict next month, right? No, no. Um, you know, and that's why you know, my husband used to say, because we would, we tried to have our whole lives planned out in every part. Right. And, I mean, I've been married, get this, I was going to tell you how old I am, 29 years. Oh, man, congratulations. I know you guys celebrated uh, June, right? June, June 29, right. June 29 years. So it's beautiful. Really crazy. But um, but every part of our life, we would think, okay, well, we, we're going to do this, we're going to mm-hmm. do this, we're going to buy this, we're going to organize that, our children are going to be this way. Mm. And then every time we think we got it all together, something happens. And my husband's famous for saying, you know, God plan, God, we plan and God laughs, which is you know, <laughs> right, right. pretty. The you way know. you make God laugh is to tell him your plans, right? And then he's <laughs> like, uh-uh, got something else for you. Right. And something better. Yeah. And that's uh, where our people of hope and. I just want to acknowledge that and, and remind myself too, and all, of course our audience here, that God has a plan that's continue on. And this is beautiful because we're going to talk about God's beautiful plan for us, yeah. a great reminder of, of that plan. And uh, Pope John Paul II, he was used by God to, to speak about this. He absolutely was. Um, he wanted us to know why Jesus came. He wanted mm-hmm. us to know who we are and to understand our true identity, which is such an important thing, especially in today's world. Right. I mean, people are very confused about who they are and where, what their identity really is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, John Paul II, starting in 1979, began giving talks to show us who we really are, to mm-hmm. teach us our anthropology, where we came from, uh, where we are now, where we're going he called that uh, original man, historical mm-hmm. man, and eschatological, eschatological man. Yeah. And um, we'd like to kind of do a series on on that, um, whether we do it at this time slot or whether we do some podcasts. We'll probably do a combination of those things mm-hmm. in the next few months. Um, but I think before we can get into all that anthropology, we really need to talk about who John Paul II was. And I don't know that people fully appreciate um, what an incredible person he was, what kind of life he led or what brought him to be our Pope and to be such a well-informed guy and such a pastoral, loving man. He truly is a, a great gift. And, yeah, it, it's, a, 
it's a pleasure to to uh, be here with you, Don, and talking about who JP Two is. We all know and we all love him. Yeah, it's in in our office, uh, part of our our office, part of our department is is called the Chastity Education Initiative. Yep. And we talk about the theology of the body, and and really, it informs everything we do, mm-hmm. is, doesn't it, Ray? Yeah. Um, because the theology of the body, it really is a lens through which we can look at everything. And when you look through that lens, yeah. it makes a total difference on how you look at the world and the and your life. So um, Yeah, you start dancing. You start dancing yes, through yes. through the storm in a yeah. sense, right? Well, I don't know about you, but in anything in modern, you know, art culture or yeah. in the movies or in music, I can always say there's a theology of the body theme there, mm-hmm. even though they didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You know? So so before we get into all that, let's talk yes. about John Paul II. And so my my first question is, Ray, mm-hmm. where were you in 1978? 1978. Um, hmm, good question. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were probably just, uh, maybe they had a, a date. I was conceived 1978. Okay. I was born 1979. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, around around that time. Okay. So, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's interesting because we're co-workers and I was... 12. 12 years old. 12 years old okay. in 1978. So now everybody knows how old I am. I've been married 29 years. <laughs> Do the math. 12, One, two, three. Carry to five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I have this memory um, being in seventh grade and coming home one day and my mother was watching TV. Now, it wasn't TV like today. Oh, we didn't have a goodness. 72-inch TV in HD that you could almost yeah. touch in the people inside of the screen. No, this was a black <laughs> and white TV. But, by the way, I just want uh, to share this quick story about my son, six years old, Uh-oh. Benjamin. He goes, Dada. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, a spring chicken anymore. But, but he goes, Dada, back, in, back when you were younger, how come you guys didn't invent color yet? <laughs> he was referring to the black and white TV right, shows. Because he heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. Sorry. Yeah, so, so we only had a black and white TV. And, and we didn't have a remote control. You uh-huh. actually had to touch a, touch a little dial and click, click to change the channel. And there was only about four channels. Mm. You know, CBS, ABC, NBC, and PBS. That was about it. Maybe another one local if you're lucky. And that's about it. Mm. So anyway, my mom's watching this very fuzzy thing on TV. And when I say fuzzy, it's we used to call it the this, this snow on the TV, okay. you know. And um, she's kind of looking at it. And she's and it's this crowd of people. And they're walking. And, and I looked at her and I said, what is that? And she goes, um, I think the Pope died. Mm. And I, here I am, 12 years old. And I'm like, the Pope died? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. And at the time... The Pope that died was uh, Pope Paul VI. Okay. And he had been Pope for a good long time, and he was the one that actually finished up Vatican II and brought forth a number of very important papal documents. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that started a process, you know, of electing a new Pope. And um, so I got to learn all about this. I was in Catholic school. I got mm-hmm. to learn all about this process in the seventh grade, of, in the fall of the seventh grade. And... Um, so they elected a new a new pope, and his name, he decided to take the name John Paul I, or mm. just John Paul, because you don't usually put the first after it if you, there's never been somebody named that before. And he said he was so um, inspired by the work of Pope John the Twenty Third and Pope Paul the Sixth that he wanted to be able to take both of their names. Mm. So that was why he chose that. And for whatever reason, I, I remember when the election happened, and we were all excited, and we saw the smoke, and he came out, and they presented him, and he said he was going to be Pope John Paul. And um, I looked at my mom and I said, what if we went through all that? And then he, he just all of a sudden died. And my mother was like, 
well, that's not going to happen. Mm. But um, I guess we would elect somebody <laughs> new. And so, you know, a month later, and I'm not kidding, a month later, a month later. John, Paul di- John Paul died. It did and happen. It was unbelievable to think that he only was in the office for a month. And I said to my mom, okay, does that mean they elected the wrong guy? Mm. And my mother, in her most prophetic wisdom, looked at me and she goes, no. I think it means the Holy Spirit needed him to point the way to somebody really special. Mm. Um, and it's amazing <laughs> that I still have this memory, especially yeah. since John Paul II means so much to me. But um, he well, would, What made you think about that where it's like, oh, well, what if they elected the wrong pope? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe God was pointing, putting this in my right, head right. so that I could point back to that memory for times like yeah. this, right? You know, because ever since I've had such a love for John Paul II, I've I've had a good, quite a memory mm-hmm. of, of that election process. So we then we went through the election process. Um, Carl Votia was mm-hmm. elected, and he decided that that was a very important name, John Paul, and that he definitely wanted to take that on. And to continue the work of Pope Paul, um, Pope John the Twenty Third, and Pope Paul the Sixth, mm-hmm. um, so he became John Paul II. And what a prophetic man! Mm. And I think that perhaps it took John Paul the First to point the way to John Paul II, and to to know that we needed that name. Yeah, yeah. You know, and whatever they had talked about, you know, in the conclave, and whatever mm-hmm. they had talked about as as cardinals together, he was able to take that work and. And put it um, into his work. It, so, just, it just goes to show you that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit was there. Yeah, and is is a driving force to all of these things. And us just watching from from afar, you see the changes, and we're like, wait, what's going on here? Did, did, did they make a mistake? What's going on? But really, God has a plan. He does. He does. And um, and just to talk a little bit about John Paul II and actually Carol Votia yeah. and what kind of a man he was and where he came from and you know, where God was working in his life to bring him to us as Mm -hmm. this saint. He's now a saint. Um, He was born May 18th, 1920, Karol Wojtyla Mm -hmm. in in, uh, Poland. Um, And he was in a family. Um, His mother was Amelia and his father was Carol. And he had a sister who died before he was born. Mm. He also had a brother named Edmund. Now, it was, you know, kind of tragedy in the family that they lost his sister before he was born. But then he never met his sister. He, so he never sister. he never met his sister. Mm. Right. And um, so then Edmund was his older brother. And um, when Carl was nine, mm-hmm. his mother, Amelia, died. So it was mm. just dad, dad and Carol and Edmund at that point. Nine years old. Nine years old. And then. When Carol, when Carol was 12, Edmund died. I mean, can you imagine wow. this? All this tragedy in this one family. Yeah. So so now it's just Him and his dad, Carol Sr., Carol Jr., mm-hmm. living um, together. And in, interestingly enough, all the tragedy that beset them, but f- his father, Carol, was very spiritual, very mm. Catholic, and um, and raised him to be a good Catholic man, and he taught him all about the, the church. And as as a twelve year old, you just you just shared your experience as a twelve year old, right? He, I'm sure he remembers all of these things in detail, right? Yeah. All of these things that was happening in his life, tragedy that, as they are, um, yeah, he, he he probably remembers all those things. He probably does. Um, so we're going to talk some more about 
who John Paul II was after this next break. So please stay with us because he had a very interesting life. By the power of his blood, amen, Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass is a wonderful tradition that gathers more than 300 seniors from Chicago and its suburbs each year for a celebration of faith and friendship. Since public health guidelines do not allow us to meet in person this summer, the 2020 Senior Unity Mass will be held online on Thursday, August 6th at 11 a.m. Anyone age 55 plus is cordially invited. Find your nearest computer and log in to youtube.com, then type Catholic Chicago. We and our special guests are excited to stay connected to all of the seniors we care so very much about with this special event. That's the Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass on August 6th at 11 a.m. on youtube.com slash catholicchicago. We hope to see you there. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Welcome back, Chicago, to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity at the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'm Dawn Fitzpatrick, and with me this morning is my coworker Ray Pingoy. Good morning. Good morning. We are talking about the life of John Paul II. 
he is a beautiful man, and uh, it's just great to to have him as as a a teacher. You know, yep. we've been studying his his uh, his work. We've been studying his encyclicals. Yes. Um, and now it's great. It's a great gift to just take the time to to get to know this man, to get to know who he is, and and how God was guiding him all throughout his life. Right. So, you know, we've already talked about the tragedy that mm, yeah. he um, he lived with up until he was 12 years old, where he lost all of his family except for his dad, um, brother, sister, mother. And uh, so that has to really put a, an interesting impression on somebody, right, that you deal with that yeah. and you realize how precious life is um, at such an uh, early age, mm-hmm. which, of course, became a theme to him later, the, the preciousness of life. But um, but it just I think it probably started with him recognizing that, and God probably allowed mm-hmm. him to go through that tragedy so that he would have that experience to share with us at, with great insight and, and great wisdom later. Yeah, and one story that I remember reading about him when he was a young boy, his father brought him to in front of a, an image of our Blessed Mother mm-hmm. and pointed to to her, and and uh, his father said, "She is your mother now." And, you know, he definitely had a devotion to yeah. Our Lady. He definitely did. And we see that in his writings and in his work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's so important that your parents give you that kind of an education, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a love for the, for the Lord and for, for Jesus and Mary, certainly. Many of his uh, accounting of, of his life when he would uh, read or talk about his earlier life, he would see his father in their small little house. He would see his father kneeling down every morning, doing his prayer time that really struck me yeah. as a as a young father i, I want to make sure that i witness that and i want to make sure that i dedicate my my house to 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 have jesus as a center <clears throat> so yeah it is a beautiful uh witness that he gave and yeah let's let's continue on with uh right, what he was going story. through yeah so imagine this you're you're in poland you're 12 years old it's 1932 what was going on in the world and especially in poland in those days ray Oh, there's a lot of things going on. There's uh, World War One is uh, World War Two is about to start. Uh, they just finished off with World War One, right? Well, yeah. So World War Two is, I think, towards the end of the '30s. Um, but at this point, mm. we definitely had the uh, Nazi influence in yeah, Poland. Right. Yeah, and they had taken over and were, you know, dictating how people could behave. And they certainly were no friends of Catholics. Um, as a matter of fact, history shows us um, that that they not only persecuted Catholics, but killed a lot of Catholics yeah. later um, in concentration camps, especially Catholic priests and other leaders um, and people who would be sympathizers of, of the Jews, certainly. Mm-hmm. So so that wasn't a comfortable place. Poland was just taken over. Mm-hmm. That was one of the places that was just taken over by Germany. And um, so when he got to be in his 20s, it was illegal to be to be a practicing Catholic, mm-hmm. um, yet his father still gave him this incredible education. And as a matter of fact, um, he it was also illegal to be a, an actor, but yet he started mm. an underground theater and wow. he studied theater during this time. It must have been a, a great passion of his. It yeah. must have been really deep in his heart to start something like this. I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, it's it was illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he also went to work in a quarry at that about that time because one of the things that the Germans appreciated was if you had a... Um, a trade that they could use. Yeah. So working in a quarry, although this was a, a brilliant philosopher that we came to know at the time, maybe we didn't know he was a brilliant philosopher, but um, at the time he, he obviously was very ed- 
already educated, intelligent, but he decided to go do this hard labor job because he knew it would be appreciated. Yeah, because you, you were what you were, uh, what you do is what you're worth in yes. those days, right? Yes, yeah. yes. So, so he goes to work in this quarry and he watched some of his friends gathered up by the Germans and sent to concentration camps, mm. but they passed over him. In, in in all of the, I'm sure the Holy Spirit had a big hand in this that convinced him he needed to take this labor job mm-hmm. to keep him safe during this time because he was passed over by the Germans and he was allowed to keep working. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet he still had this underground theater. Um, and his dad then died in 1941. Hmm. Can you imagine? So now his whole family is gone and he's uh, deciding that he wants to be a priest. Hmm. Um <clears throat> so he goes he goes into the seminary actually in uh he went he went in like around that time mm-hmm. and he was ordained a priest in 1946. So he did the seminary completely underground also. I was going to ask this is this is probably the time where yeah it was illegal to It was illegal to be that. a priest. Oh yeah. my gosh, yes. The fact that that the um the diocese there or the archdiocese there was even willing to educate any mm. priests was totally um, illegal. So <laughs> he had his whole seminary yeah. in secret. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So that's so that's amazing. Um, another mm. another account to that, uh, I, I remember reading a story again about JP2. While he was studying for the seminary and he was working the late hours, the late hour shift, his uh, co-workers would say, go and, and study. And he would like have a little flashlight and uh, his co-workers would cover for his shift during those night hours so that's Mm -hmm. so people were looking out for him yeah i mean and you and you also know gosh the holy spirit was totally on his side that he was able to do all that um so he had after once he was ordained he had many teaching appointments as i said he was quite a philosopher he was um an incredible theologian and an incredible teacher and he also had this incredible love for young people and he's known for taking you know, young people, you know, teenagers, young adults on camping trips so that he could evangelize and catechize them without anybody knowing. Mm -hmm. But yet they're having a great time out in nature and he's teaching them all about God. And that's what he came up with this, um, this philosophy that he called love and responsibility Mm -hmm. in those days, which was helping people to understand that love is not just a feeling. Mm -hmm. It's, it's actually an action and that we ha- and then with it comes great responsibility. And there's a whole there's a whole book that he wrote called Love and Responsibility. Um, and he spent a lot of time educating young people mm-hmm. on that and helping them to understand what love really is. Yeah, I just want to highlight that part of his life where yeah, you mentioned he's a philosopher, he's this uh, high thinker, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he was down to earth. He had a great sense of humor, and he just attracted a lot of people. <clears throat> to him to have these deep conversations and he he would lead them closer to God. Sure. And through all that, he also had this incredible love for prayer. Mm-hmm. So he was not only teaching um, catechesis or um, theology philosophy, but he was teaching young people how to pray. Mm. And he would show them that, that you can pray anywhere. Um, and also he, he was known for skiing and hiking and, and praying through through those experiences and so he helped um the church and the young people to understand that you you, your whole life can be a prayer Mm, mm -hmm. which was really incredible i know that there's stories of him later um when he was the pope and he would go missing Mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, whoever it is that's the handlers of the Pope are like, what happened? Where, where's JP2? And then they would find him in adoration. That's beautiful. Because he always wanted to be back, go back to Jesus, and he could spend hours praying because that's where he got his energy. And that's one of the things that we've learned from John Paul II, I should say St. John Paul II, mm. is um, that through prayer and through the Eucharist comes energy. Right. So, so okay, look, just quickly, we have a few more minutes to finish up this up. Now, in, interestingly enough, um, he was ordained Auxiliary Bishop of Krakow in 1958. He was only 38. Hmm. And we've had some young bishops. bishops. Yeah. We've had some young auxiliary bishops here in Chicago mm-hmm. too. They're certainly taking um, his his model, role model there. But that's relatively young mm-hmm. for a bishop, mm-hmm. 38 years old. And then he was ordained Archbishop of Krakow in, when he was 44. Archbishop as 40, 44-year-old. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's, that's younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> And then, interestingly enough, he became a cardinal when he was 47, hmm. 19, 1967. Um, and then he was elected pope in 1978. So that was, he was 58. Wow. I think that's pretty young to be a pope, too. 58, 58. Yeah. I mean, our po- our last few popes have been much older. The last two popes, I should say. Yeah. He was th- he was three popes ago, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but then that gave us the opportunity to have this pope for so many years. And I saw pictures of him in his earlier days as pope. He traveled in so many countries, right? Mm-hmm. Needed that energy. Yeah. Yeah. And so we only have a minute. I, I could spend the next hour on this. But the first thing he did mm. after, you know, being elected pope. Well the, well, the first thing he did was he said he wanted to write a book. And they told him no. Um, because popes don't write books. We, we know better now. They write mm-hmm. books now. But in those days, it was the, the, whoever advises the pope said something like, um, well, well, Holy Father, if you wrote a book, what kind of authority would it have? Mm. You're going to confuse people. It, it's not an encyclical. It's not a papal bull. It, you know, we don't know what to do with this. So he thought, well, I'm just going to design some talks then from my, my ideas. But he did that later. The first thing he did in the very first year was go to Poland for nine days. Mm. Because and it was, it was against, homeland, yeah. It was the homeland, and at that time, Poland is in, under communist rule, and it's still uh, still illegal to be Catholic, if you can imagine. But for whatever reason, they let him in, mm. and he did these great talks. And there was something there called the Polish Trade Union, which was the Solidarity Party, um, and there were ten, basically about ten members when he went to Poland, um, one year after his election, and in his after his nine days. Mm of being there and giving talks to millions of people and really, really growing their interest, that Solidarity Party grew to 10 million people. Wow. Isn't that amazing? And that's when Poland really started to take back its identity, thanks to John Paul II. And actually, a lot of people, if you if you look at history and you read documents on this, would credit Pope John Paul II with the fall of communism, mm. or at least having a big hand in it. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty incredible. Um, so... Between 1978 and 1984, our Pope John Paul II delivered talks, um, you know, in Rome Mm -hmm. or at the Vatican to a Wednesday audience, and it was catechetical talks that he called Theology of the Body, or actually he called it Man and and Women. He created them, Mm -hmm. a Theology of the Body, and Mm -hmm. we've basically changed it to Theology of the Body is our understanding Mm -hmm. of it. So that took him five years to deliver. And um, and now it's all bound together nicely in one book, and and yet it is a whole way of life right. that um, 
that we would hope to bring to you in the, the next few months, right? A beautiful lens from a little boy yeah. in Poland. Now with the Holy Spirit just creating all of these things in his heart. How beautiful is that? Yeah, super, super beautiful. And just so you know, that's exactly what informs all the work we do at the Chastity Ed Initiative. And when we come back after the break, we're going to tell you about something we're doing very exciting next week with the Chastity Education Initiative. And we will have a very special guest on to talk to us about that. See you on the other side of the break. Since 2006, the Charities Golf Classic has been held each summer to raise critical funds for Catholic Charities of Lake County. While this event cannot be held this year in person, your help is needed now more than ever. An online event is being held for all those who regularly attend this outing and want to continue their tradition of support. Your donation to Catholic Charities will ensure that all programs are running at full strength when people need help most. 92 cents of every dollar donated goes directly to helping people in need. Be a champion and support the Charities Golf Classic this year. Go to catholiccharities.net and search for Charities Golf Classic or call 847-782-4119. That's 847-782-4119. Thank you. Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We have been ready through many historic moments and we continue to respond with competence and compassion during these unprecedented times. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the risks, excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who remain open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that to-go meals continue for the homeless, to our home care aides, service coordinators, and trained counselors who continue their work in the most innovative ways, to our food pantry staff, and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back, and thanks for hanging with us through the break. You are listening to Fully Alive, the radio program of the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. I'm Don Fitzpatrick. My co-host is Ray Pingoy. And we just spent the last half hour talking to you about our favorite saint, John Paul II, and a little bit about his history and where he came from and just, you know, the, the difficult life he led, the, um, the sorrow that he had to experience and how he was able to take all those experiences 
and become our Pope and just be such an inspirational person in history. Um, and we know that the Holy Spirit had a big hand in that. So. Yeah, the underlying theme of this uh, radio show is really that the Holy Spirit is in control. Absolutely. Um, and with that in mind, one of the things that we like to think about is how what an inspiration St. John Paul II was for our chastity education mm-hmm. initiative. And the fact that we most of what we do has to do with theology of the body, which one, was one of his lifetime major works. Um, and we saw that. We, we, we wanted to make sure that we're speaking the same language because out there where everyone's shouting, everyone's confused. But, you know, uh, we're been, we've been using this, uh, praise be to God, we've been using this theology of the body to get everyone on board, to remind everyone of who they are and whose they are. Who they are, whose they are, and, you know, why did why did God even put us here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and there's so much confusion in today's world on with identity, and, you know, people don't know why they're here, who they are. They start grasping at things. John Paul II talks about all of that in, in Theology of the Body, and he explains it so well. Um, I've seen young people, when they start to hear the message of Theology of the Body, it's like a light bulb goes on in their head. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's, a, it just, it's a life changer. And so with understanding of the theology of the body, it makes full sense to, to know and to live out a chaste life. Yeah. It makes full sense mm-hmm. to, to live out this chaste life that God invites us to, the fullness of life. The fullness of life. And thus, you know, we call this program Fully Alive. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, and that it, it's all it all goes hand in hand. So with that in mind, we are getting ready to have a very special event next week. And we're going to talk to you about that for the next few minutes. And joining us to help us with that discussion is one of my predecessors from the Chastity Education Initiative from the Respect Life Ministries office. And that is Mary Louise Curie Hengesbaugh. Welcome, Mary Louise. Hi, John. Hi, Ray. Good morning. How are you today? Good. I'm so excited to be on this show with you. I remember, gosh, it was a long time ago now, a decade ago, and I was doing this show, and you're doing a great job. You guys are a great team. Well, thank you. We, we think so. We like working together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so actually, I think you hired Ray, actually, so That's I should right. be thanking you. <laughs> long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you should be. He was one of my best hires. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Praise During that time, I, I only had one kid, and now, <laughs> man... We've been busy. We've been busy. <laughs> He's got Ray has, is father of five, just so everyone knows. Um, Praise God. Tr- Praise truly God. living out his vocation as husband and father to the way God intends it. So that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, Mary Louise, we are here to talk to you about this event we're having next week and um, <laughs> how it's going to help our chastity education initiative and what is and what your role is in it. So, first of all, why don't you tell everyone what we're doing next week? Well, this is actually a really big event. In fact, I feel like everybody in Illinois should know about this event because we're commemorating the fifth anniversary of Cardinal George's passing. And uh, anybody who knows Cardinal George knows how monumental he was uh, in terms of his influence, both uh, in the Archdiocese of Chicago as shepherd and also uh, throughout the United States and the world. Yes. was the... Um, he was the president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops for a fantastic three-year term. Mm-hmm. He um, was highly regarded. He was on numerous important councils at the Vatican. He was very close with Pope John Paul II um, and greatly influenced by him. And his legacy lives on today in many ways, including um, and maybe especially through the Chastity Education Initiative. 
Foundation, which was one of the things that he uh, really strongly believed in, and um, he uh, asked me to initiate in the Archdiocese. So, um, so that all happened around 2003, correct? Yes. Uh huh. So mm-hmm. I um, I uh, started working at the archdiocese in 2003 as the Respect Life Director, and um, one of the things that he hired me for specifically was to start a chastity education program that served the teens and young adults in parishes and schools throughout the archdiocese and beyond. Uh, we really uh, also served. And and it, and it includes not only, you know, dynamic presentations, but also youth rallies, and we do pilgrimages. And, um, and Dawn, I know that you are now doing retreats and doing great outreach to the colleges as well, yeah. um, and young adults, and all of that. And through that, um, there have been, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives touched through this ministry since it started in 03. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a quick question, Mary Louise. I know a little piece of the answer to this, but I always get uh, I always get asked this question: Why why the Chastity Education Initiative uh, should be under the, the Respect Life Ministries? What what was the the wisdom in in you and in Cardinal George in in making that so? Well, there are two things. First of all, uh, we're the ones who understand the teaching, and that's a huge component because actually the Church's teaching on sexuality is extremely, in a way it's very simple, but in a way it's very complex. When you look at what it is, and especially in today's culture, you need to have people who are equipped to answer those questions, and only those who have a robust understanding of Catholic bioethics and Catholic sexuality issues actually are equipped to evangelize in this very challenging ministry. So that's number one, is that you have to have the right people doing it, and the right people doing it are in the Respect Life Office, because that's their area. Mm -hmm. And then number two is that it's actually kind of the crux of the whole Respect Life ministry, because um, if we are living out the gospel of life, we will not have abortion. If we are fully living out the theology of the body, then no one would ever even consider um, engaging in sexual activity uh, and then, you know, killing killing an unborn child because they're not ready to receive that child. It's all about giving and receiving life. That yes. is the whole beautiful vision. And so it's absolutely not just part of the Respect Life Ministry. It's actually the centerpiece. Right. Absolutely. And Beautiful. understanding that, you know, I mean, one of the main reasons for our sexuality is to procreate and to collaborate with our creator to do so. And as soon as you separate that, um, it it, be, it becomes a very selfish act. And, exactly. Uh, and, mm. and, and then there are lots of problems, because then it comes down to, well, is this really then, am I using this woman then uh, in order to, because, you know, I'm enjoying her, but I don't want to have a child with her? And if so, why not? Right. Why don't you want to have a child? You know what I mean? And that's, mm-hmm. that comes down to, you know, the, the very important issue of, you know, the meaning of this great gift of sexuality, that it's an incredible gift, and it's more beautiful than the world actually treats it, uh, yeah. and that's the vision. And so this event, it's on August 11th, and it's online. Everybody can participate, and it's going to be the evening of August 11th that everybody needs to sign up to uh, tune in, because we have some really great guests that are going to be talking about Cardinal George, and we're going to be viewing Glorious Lives as well, the film about his life. Mm-hmm. And that's a film that is a documentary 
the executive producer is Mike Stark, and I really want to give him a shout out because he did a great job, and he's letting us use this film just because he wants people to know Cardinal George better. And I mean, how beautiful is that? You know? Yes, absolutely. And he did such a great job. I, whenever I watch the movie, I always like cry through like the last twenty-five minutes or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because Cardinal George was such a humble person that uh, he's not one to toot his own horn. And so recognizing the film, though, recognizes his greatness um, in you know who he was and what he did uh, and how much he gave of himself. Sure, sure. And, and, and I think that the, the people in the documentary do a great job, like helping us to see all these characteristics of Cardinal George that you wouldn't know just by reading his, his writings or... Um, even watching some of the footage of things he did in his life. Um, you know, you certainly, you can tell he's a brilliant man. And definitely his books are incredible. His his pa- papers he's wrote and the, the letters he wrote to people, incredible things. Um, and even watching, you know, things he said and did, just awesome but you don't get to see who that who that man really was the way you do when you yeah. you listen to the people talk about him who knew him and you were one of those people right so that's yes. why that's why yes. we're, we're having you on the panel after we watch that movie um on on tuesday night next week so for for people who are listening we're going to go to break in just a minute but i want you to know that this event is next tuesday on the 11th of august at 7 p.m central time and you'll be able to get there you can register for it at respectlifechicago.org and then there's a little button you that says celebrating cardinal george you click on that and you can register um, and we will be streaming it through the arches youtube and facebook pages so we'll talk more about that and what we're going to be doing in that event um, after the break so hang with us and please mary louise hang with us too great by the power of his blood amen More and more people around the world are interested in their family history. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass is a wonderful tradition that gathers more than 300 seniors from Chicago and its suburbs each year for a celebration of faith and friendship. Since public health guidelines do not allow us to meet in person this summer, the 2020 Senior Unity Mass will be held online on Thursday, August 6th at 11 a.m. Anyone age 55 plus is cordially invited. Find your nearest computer and log in to youtube.com, then type Catholic Chicago. 
We and our special guests are excited to stay connected to all of the seniors we care so very much about with this special event. That's the Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass on August 6th at 11 a.m. on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We hope to see you there. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Welcome back to Fully Alive. I'm Dawn Fitzpatrick. With me is Ray Pingoy, and we are talking to Mary Louise Hengisbaugh, who is my two-time-ago predecessor in the Respect Life Ministries at the Archdiocese of Chicago. We're talking about Cardinal George and this incredible event that we're hosting next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time online on YouTube and Facebook. Um, and what what we are we can do with that event for our Chastity Education Initiative. So, um, all right, Mary Louise. So we were talking about the movie and some of... Um, the fact that you know there's so much insight into Cardinal George as the man in this in this mm-hmm. movie, and um, and then we were going to talk a little bit more about what's going to happen at the event. So um, we have yes. yeah, So so I'll just let you do that. Go ahead. Yes. So well, the Chastity Education Initiative is a uh, is funded by the people of the Archdiocese through private donations, and so. Uh, we've been very blessed because we have a host committee. We, actually, this event was supposed to be, for those who are um, uh, close fans of the Respect Life Office and Cardinal George, we are going to have it actually at the Old Vic Theater in, in April. And uh, we're going to have a panel there and show the film. It's going to be fantastic, have a reception. But, of course, with COVID, we are unable to do this. So this is now kind of the reimagining of the event. But this is even better because we can actually have... Uh, you know, even more people now viewing. Yes. And so we have a host committee who has generously given, and we thank everybody who uh, has given to support this event already uh, through the host committee. And we're going to be accepting. So tuning into the event is free, but we're also going to be accepting donations to the Chastity Education Initiative. And it's a way of honoring the legacy of Cardinal George, who believed so strongly in the mission of the initiative, and um, and even ensured, you know, uh, wanted to ensure that the that the mission of the initiative would continue today. Right, and one of the you you have a story about what he said to you when you talked about run, starting this initiative. About, oh yes, about yes. His, well, yes. right. He said we really need this. What, what happened was I got to know him um, at a young adult event. I asked him if he would endorse my book. <laughs> <laughs> it was at one of the like uh, young adult ministry events in the archdiocese, and I had just moved to Chicago. Um, and my book. And then after he read my book, he wrote a very nice endorsement of it. And he also said, "Hey, you know, we need this in Chicago." And um, and then the Respect Life position director position came open, 
And so I applied, and of course, he remembered me through the book and everything, and he said, you know, I want you to start, when he gave me the position, he said, I want you to start a chastity education program for our schools and parishes, but he said it has to be self-funded because we don't really have money for it. He said that will also help because then money is always tight at the archdiocese, and this will help in a way to ensure the future because there will be people who will believe in this important mission and who will want to give. Right. And so that was how the Chastity Initiative came about. And thanks to the generosity of um, the McCaskey family and many others, it's been the legacy has continued of the Chastity Initiative, and this fundraiser is an important part of continuing the work of that ministry. Right. So every year, I, this is my coming on seventh year, doing this work here in the Archdiocese. Time's gone by so fast. And every year we've held fundraisers to continue our chassis education mission, um, which is the way Cardinal George set it up, that we would do this. So that's what, you know, this this event is hopefully going to tide us over for the next year. Um, and, and our intention is, of course, to honor him and to um, just let everybody know, people who may not know what wonderful work we're doing and what, yeah. what you know what his legacy is in the chastity education initiative so we're going to yeah. have um three panelists and one very special moderator so do you want to talk a little bit about those panelists yes so i'm excited because uh bishop Barron is who i got to know when i was working at the archdiocese who's now in los angeles he will be on the panel and uh, actually lived with Cardinal George mm-hmm. for a number of years. Uh, when he was a priest in the Archdiocese of Chicago, he was at the Cardinal's residence. Yes. And so Bishop Barron will be part of the panel. And, um, and of course, he has Word on Fire Ministries in the Catholicism series, which was shown on PBS, mm-hmm. and as well as Father Dan Flens, who I also was blessed to get to know, who is just an incredible priest. And he walked with the Cardinal literally through uh, all of his events, and he was the Cardinal's personal secretary for, I think, about seven years. Yes. And he um, and was with Cardinal George to the end, and um, he so he will be part of the panel as well. So it will be the three of us, and then Damon Owens, who um, is well-known in the Theology of the Body world, he will be uh, the moderator, and he's a very, um, very gifted moderator. So he'll, I'm sure he'll do a great job keeping all of us, he'll be hurting cats, yes. we'll be falling all over ourselves, trying to tell great stories about our memories of Cardinal George, and Damon will be directing the conversation. Yes, yes. And, you know, we've we've um, been, been fortunate and blessed to have Damon here in the Archdiocese a number of times in my tenure here um, to speak to various audiences. We've had him talk to middle schoolers, high schoolers, young adults, um, groups of, of parents as well. Mm-hmm. And he, he never disappoints. I have to say, his, he is, just has an incredible style, and his knowledge of theology of the body is, incre- is just phenomenal. Um, and right now, he's, his current ministry is a marriage ministry, and he feels that definitely a calling to help people understand what marriage is all about and God's plans for our marriage. And, and mm-hmm. he just does such incredible work. So I'm super excited that he's going to be moderating the panel and I think all three of you have so much to offer as far as your experiences with Cardinal George and with his work and with the, you know, understanding how, how he felt about his, his people, his priests, um, and just, just knowing how much Cardinal George loved 
being a priest. He loved being the Cardinal of Chicago. It's just become super obvious to me through preparing for this event, just just what a an incredibly gifted man he was. And definitely he had the Holy Spirit in him, that's for sure. Yes, he sure did. It was such a blessing. And, you know, as the people of Chicago, we were blessed to be led by him. And and his commitment to the pro-life cause, but also his vision. He had such a good understanding of society. You know, today, as I look at the confusion and chaos in the world, as you and Ray were talking about, I think, wow, Cardinal George foresaw this, and he he actually um, even was trying to prepare us for it with some of the things that he said. Uh, And that will be really interesting to see this film, which was made about four and a half years ago mm-hmm. now, in light of what's happening today. Yes. And then was a prophet. It was just amazing what he foresaw. And, um, yeah. Well, you know, the, so, the film talks about him and his relationship with, with Pope John Paul II and even says that he was a mentor figure for him. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that prophetic man that we had in the Pope you know, certainly led to the prophetic man that we had in the Cardinal. So, yeah. And, uh, and so everybody needs to tune in. And uh, you, if you go to it's respectlifechicago.org, you can register. And Don will a link be sent to people, or how will people yes. be able to tune in then? How does that work? Yeah, so they will get instructions on how to tune in. And you can stream through that page at the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity. Um, and, and you'll also be able to tune in through the the arches uh, the archdiocese youtube page channel and the arches uh facebook page so yes you will get an email confirming your registration that also says here's how you tune in so we great so anybody who has internet access uh, can uh can tune in on august 11th at 7 p.m and you'll also want to miss it because Yes. If you miss Cardinal George, you have to be tuning into this event. Or if you love Cardinal George, or even just like him, yes. <laughs> you have to tune in. It's going to be it's, great. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're so excited that we're going to be having this event next Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. Thank you, Mary Louise, for joining us. Thank you for giving thank us you, your John. and thank you for giving us your time on the on this event too. So God oh, bless I'm you all. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Mary Louise. Thanks, Ray. We'll be hopefully we'll be talking to you in August. I mean September <laughs> as well. God bless. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.